Hey, we're back. Yeah. That's what we are. Day 317 today. That Luke, is the day. Luke chapter 23 and John chapter chapters 18 and 19. Yeah. Chip and Eric reading through the Bible, reading some of the absolute hardest parts of the Bible yesterday and today. Yeah. But like Chip said yesterday, we know the good stuff is coming. The good news is coming. Yeah. Okay, so Luke chapter 23, Jesus' trial before Pilate. Then the entire council took Jesus to Pilate, the Roman governor. They began to state their case. This man has been leading our people astray by telling them not to pay their taxes to the Roman government and by claiming he is the Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, you've said it. Pilate turned to the leading priests and to the crowd and said, I find nothing wrong with this man. Then they became insistent. But he's causing riots by teaching by his teaching wherever he goes, all over Judea from Galilee to Jerusalem. Oh, is he a Galilean? Pilate asked. When they said that he was, Pilate sent him to Herod Antipas, because Galilee was under Herod's jurisdiction. And Herod happened to be in Jerusalem at that time. Herod was delighted at the opportunity to see Jesus because he had heard about him and had been hoping for a long time to see him perform a miracle. He asked Jesus question after question, but Jesus refused to answer. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law stood there shouting their accusations. Then Herod and his soldiers began mocking and ridiculing Jesus. Finally, they put a royal robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate, who had been enemies before, became friends that day. Hmm. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Great. Interesting. Uh, then Pilate called together the leading priest and other religious leaders along with the people, and he announced his verdict. You brought this man to me, accusing him of leading a revolt. I have examined him thoroughly on this point in your presence and find him innocent. Herod came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. So I will have him flogged, and then I'm going to release him. Then a mighty roar rose from the crowd. With one voice, they shouted, Kill him and release Barabbas to us. Barabbas was in prison for taking part in an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. Pilate argued with them because he wanted to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time, he demanded, Why? What crime has he committed? I found no reason to sentence him to death. So I'll have him flogged, and then I will release him. But the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they demanded. And as as they had requested, he released Barabbas, the man in prison, for insurrection and murder. But he, he turned Jesus over to them to do as they wished. The crucifixion. As they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, happened to be coming in from the countryside. The soldier seized him and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd trailed behind, including many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are coming when they will say, Fortunate indeed are the women who are childless, the wombs that have not borne a child, and the breasts that have never nursed. People will beg the mountains, fall on us, and plead with the hills, bury us. For if these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. 
When they came to a place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And the soldiers gamble for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and, and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself, if he's really God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, If you are the King of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, This is the King of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us, too, while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. The death of Jesus. By this time it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshiped God and said, Surely this man was innocent. And when all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion, what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. But Jesus' friends, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching. The Burial of Jesus Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph. He was a member of the Jewish High Council, but he had not agreed with the decision and actions of the other religious leaders. He was from the town of Arimathea in Judea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then he took the body down from the cross and wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of rock. This was done late on Friday afternoon, the day of preparation, as the Sabbath was about to begin. As his body was taken away, the women from Galilee followed and saw the tomb where his body was placed. Then they went home and prepared spices and ointments to anoint his body. But by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had begun, so they rested as required by the law. Okay, we're going to jump over to John chapter 18, the 18 and 19. Jesus is betrayed and arrested. After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. Judas the betrayer knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for, he asked. Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas who betrayed him. Uh, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Uh, once more he asked them, who are you looking for? And again they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. I told you that I am he, Jesus said, and since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. I did not lose a single one of those you have given to me. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? So it's like cheering him on right now, you know. It's like, yeah, right, Peter, go get him. <laughs> yeah, but Jesus, you know, he did it right. Uh, Jesus at the high priest's house. So the soldiers, the, their uh, commanding officer and the temple guards arrested Jesus, and they tied him up. First, they took him to Annas, since he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest at the time. Caiaphas was one who had told the other Jewish leaders, it is better that one man should die for the people. Peter's first denial. Simon Peter followed Jesus, as did another of 
the disciples. That other disciple was acquainted with the high priest, so he wasn't allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. Peter had to stay outside the gate. Then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching at the gate, and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, You're not one of that man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I'm not. Because it was cold, the household servants and the guards had made a charcoal fire. They stood around it, warming themselves, and Peter stood with them, warming himself. The high priest questions Jesus. Inside, the high priest began asking Jesus about his followers and what he had been teaching them. Jesus replied, Everyone knows what I teach. I have preached regularly in the synagogues and the temple where the people gather. I have not spoken in secret. Why are you asking me this question? Ask those who heard me. They know what I said. Then one of the temple guards standing nearby slapped Jesus across the face. Is that the way to answer the high priest, he demanded? Jesus replied, if I said anything wrong, you must prove it. But if I'm speaking the truth, why are you beating me? Then Annas bound Jesus and sent him to Caiaphas, the high priest. Peter's second and third denials. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was standing by the fire, warming himself. They asked him again, you're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, no, I'm not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter cut off, asked, Didn't I see you there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it, and immediately a rooster crowed. Jesus' trial before Pilate. Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go inside because it would defile them, and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover. So Pilate, the governor, went out to them and asked, What is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if it weren't a if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. Then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone, the Jewish leaders replied. This fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Then Pilate went back to his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews, he asked him. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being landed, handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, So you are a king? Jesus responded, You say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, He is not guilty of any crime, but you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover. Would you like me to release this king of the Jews? But they shouted back, No, not this man. We want Barabbas. Barabbas was a revolutionary. John chapter 19, Jesus sentenced to death. Then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put a purple robe on him. Hail, king of the Jews, they mocked as they slapped him across the face. Pilate went outside again to, and said to the people, I'm going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I find him not guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said, Look, here is the man. When they saw him, the leading priests and temple guards began shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Take him yourselves and crucify him, Pilate said. I find him not guilty. The Jewish leaders replied, By our law, he ought to die because he called himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, uh, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Uh, Why don't you talk to me? Pilate demanded. Uh, don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? Then Jesus said, You have no power over me at all unless it was given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. 
Then Pilate tried to release him, but the Jewish leaders shouted, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar. When they said this, Pilate brought Jesus out to them again. Then Pilate sat down on the judgment seat on the platform that is called the stone pavement, in Hebrew, Gabbatha. It was now about noon on the day of preparation for the Passover, and Pilate said to the people, Look, here is your king. Away with him, they yelled. Away with him. Crucify him. What? Crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the leading priest shouted back. Then Pilate turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. The crucifixion. So they took Jesus away, carrying the cross by himself. He went to the place called Place of the Skull, in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they nailed him to the cross. Two others were crucified with him, one on either side, with Jesus between them. And Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign uh, was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek so that many people could read it. Then the leading priests objected and said to Pilate, change it from the king of the Jews to he said, I'm king of the Jews. Pilate replied, no, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they divided his clothes among the four of them. They also took his robe, but it was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said, rather than tearing it apart, let's throw dice for it. This fulfilled the scripture that says, they divided my garments among themselves and threw dice for my clothing. So that's what they did. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman... Here is your son. And he said to this disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, the disciple took her into his home. The death of Jesus. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there. So they soaked a sponge in it and put, a, put it on a hyssop branch and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It was the day of preparation, and the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies hanging there the next day, which was the Sabbath, and a very special Sabbath because it was Passover week. So they asked Pilate to hasten their deaths by ordering that their legs be broken. Then their bodies could be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his eye with a spear, and immediately blood and water flowed out. This report is from an eyewitness giving an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you may also continue to believe. These things happen in fulfillment of the scriptures that say, no one of, not one of his bones will be broken, and they will look on the one they pierced. The burial of Jesus. Afterward, Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus because he feared the Jewish leader, leaders, asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus' body. When Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. He brought about 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and aloes. Following Jewish burial custom, they wrapped Jesus' body with the spices in long sheets of linen cloth. The place of crucifixion was near a garden where there was a new tomb never before used. And so, because it was the day of preparation for the Jewish Passover, and since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Hmm. All right. Okay. And this sounds weird to say, but, you know, every time I read this and in, in Pilate's interaction with the people, I kind of like the guy. You know, it's like he's trying to stick up for Jesus, you know, and, and, and everything at that you just can't see anything wrong with him because he didn't do anything. You know, yeah. he, was, he was innocent, which really takes me to my so what today. Um, I'm going to step into that pretty quickly. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the so what was the fact that um, 
when the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what happened, he worshiped God and he said, surely this man was innocent. And, uh, and we, you know, and that's, that was Pilate's deal. You know, he, he's innocent. I see nothing wrong with him. And uh, so Jesus had to die and Jesus had to be innocent. Yeah. Yes. You know, he, <laughs> so he was the, the perfect son of God. You know, he was human yet without sin. And so that's what made his death so powerful was that he was sinless. Mm-hmm. He was innocent. And he died for us so, so that God could look at Jesus and accept his sacrifice on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Because sin had to be paid for. And that's why, you know, nobody else could die for one another for forgiveness of right. sins sure. because we are sinners. And that's why Jesus and John the Baptist even said it. Behold, the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, the perfect spotless Lamb of God. So appreciating the fact that, yes, Jesus died, but also the fact that he was innocent. He had to be innocent. And that's what makes his sacrifice on our behalf so special and so amazing uh, that he went through that for us. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just such a huge thing, like the... Only Jesus could do this, you know, like no matter how noble any of us would feel, you know, if if we could go through what he went through, it would do nothing. <laughs> you know, like even if I could be like, yeah, yeah I mean, I'll do it. Right, right. It would do nothing. Nothing. Because I'm I'm not a spotless, sinless lamb. Hmm. Okay. So what's this telling us about God? Uh, there's a couple things that are really interesting. So Pilate in John chapter 18, 37 says, So you are a king? And Jesus responded, You say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. Mm-hmm. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. So there's there's more to it, right? Like he, he did come to take away the sins of the world, just like John the Baptist said, obviously. Yeah. But he also came to teach something. He also mm-hmm. came to testify to the truth. Mm-hmm. And what is that truth? That truth is that God created us. God loves us. We are marred by sin, and we need God's forgiveness. And that can only be done by what happens next, which is actually the next thing Jesus says. You would have no power over me unless it were given to you from above. Hmm. So the one who handed over to me has handed me over to you has the greater sin. So all of Pilate's, uh, you know, and I, I tend to agree with you. Like, I like how matter-of-fact he is and, like, I don't want anything to do with this. And he can wash his hands all he wants. He's still guilty, right? Yeah, we all are. Sure, yeah. We all are. Um, but the reality is that uh, this plan was designed by God, and mm-hmm. so Pilate was included by God. Mm-hmm. And if he has any authority, it was given to him by God. Mm-hmm. And that's part of this truth, that we needed this. And so that's part of the truth that Christ came to testify about. But he came to testify about the kingdom of God. He came to testify about heaven and eternity and, and hell and our need for a Savior. He came to testify about all of those things. And the crucifixion is like the penultimate, the second most important part of his expression of that truth. Mm -hmm. And we're actually going to read tomorrow about the most important part of his expression of that truth and the most important thing that Christ did while he was here. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and that, of course, is the resurrection. So that's what this is telling us about God. I don't know how coherent any of that was, but it's Mm -hmm. kind of where I'm at right now. Okay. Well, thank you. And thank you for joining us today. Yeah. One interesting thing. Oh, John's account of the crucifixion yeah. is missing a whole bunch of stuff. 
There's no thieves on the cross, mm, revolutionaries, whatever. Yeah. There's no Eloy, Eloy. There's no, I mean, yeah, all right. of that stuff is yeah, missing. Right. And I truly believe okay. it's because when Jesus looked at John and said, this is your mother, and, and looked at Mary and said, this is your son, mm -hmm. I think John took her away. Mm -hmm. I think John brought her somewhere else. Mm -hmm. It was like, you don't need to watch this, and then went back mm -hmm. and watched the rest. Mm -hmm. I really believe that that's what happened. Yeah, that's very, very interesting very sort of between the lines. Yeah. Uh, testimony to the accuracy of this book. So, hmm. all right, guys, thank you for listening today. Yep, not easy stuff, but tomorrow's going to be good. Yes. All right, we will see you later. Bye.